It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And it's Tuesday, the 25th of May for 2022, with the month really starting to run itself down. June is just around the corner. And coming up, we're going to be talking with Fabian Sinelli from Melbourne taking a look at the property market there. Fabian very much tracks the pulse of the city and knows it inside out. I see that Peter Dutton is set to stand unopposed today in the contest for the next leader of the Liberal Party. It follows the shock defeat on Saturday of former Treasurer Josh Frydenberg who was once tipped as a future Prime Minister. And sticking with politics, Scott Morrison is set to lose a lot more than just the election on Saturday night. As everyone around the country is confronted with the cost of living, Morrison's own take-home salary has been affected going from 550000 to 211000 and he's lost the use of rent-free accommodation, free groceries, a private VIP plane and a tax pay a funded chef and chauffeur. So the election loss brings the Morrison family budget now to nearly $1,000 a day. Still well ahead, we should say, of most Australian families. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. Let's check out your weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney expecting showers with a possible morning storm and a high of 20 degrees. Good morning to you in Melbourne expecting a fine sunny day and 19. Brisbane showers to increase throughout the day, a high of 23. And in Perth expecting sunshine, a ditto on yesterday and 21 degrees is your forecast high. Informing you on real estate. Wake up every morning to the Real Estate Podcast. Well, what is happening in the Melbourne market? Well, let's find out. And welcome to the podcast, Fabian Sinelli. He's the Managing Director and Auctioneer from EYS Auctions. Good morning, Fabian. Welcome back to the podcast. Morning, Craig. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you on. And since we last spoke... It seems like a lot has happened. So with that in mind, let's focus our attention on Melbourne, which, like the rest of the country, has the election behind it. So how does your local market there in Melbourne feel at the moment post-election? Yeah, look, great question, Craig. I think what we're seeing at the moment is the market is normalising. We're starting to see clearance rates sit around that 60% mark, which is pretty fair given the settling down of that post-pandemic boom, the interest rate rise, and of course, the federal election that's just happened. What I've found interesting the previous weekend that we've just experienced, not including the last one, given the fact that that was federal election weekend, I don't think we can use that weekend as an example. But the weekend before, so the 14th of May, We've seen property values in Melbourne dip. So we've seen them drop 0.2% in the last week. We've seen them drop 0.4% from last month. 
But Craig, positively, we're actually 6.6% above over the last 12 months, which is actually the strongest performing capital city in Australia for price growth. So that comes back to what I was saying on the last show about our market going through a correction. So to still be up 6.6% from this time last year is a huge positive. It just simply means that we've gone from a strong market to a normal market since 2022 kicked off. Another observation I've also found, Craig, is that good quality stock in this market that's priced well will still generate enough competition and more than likely sell, but it's those upper end properties that are starting to feel the biggest pinch. And I think that's because of that rate rise. And finally, the not so in demand properties need a different strategy in this market, plain and simple. So for example, tenanted properties, apartments, but potentially poorly presented properties and maybe land, agents should really start looking at in-room auctions to generate more buzz and competition as those types of properties probably wouldn't benefit an on-site method in this market. You know, it's really interesting some of those numbers that you're talking about because it kind of leads me into the mood of the market, which when listening to various vendors, agents and commentators, we're starting to hear that all too familiar word starting to be used and that word is procrastination. Procrastination, the industry hates that word because it's like a cancer that can spread and give a false reading of a situation, which I think a lot of people are starting to run down that rabbit hole anyway and nothing ever good comes from procrastinating when it comes to the property market except for the person who's procrastinating paying a whole lot more so Fabian if somebody is in that mindset what would you say to them at the moment? You're spot on, Craig. I think it comes to, it comes back to price always, and price has to be relevant to the markets that we're in. Obviously, the one thing that we go off our auctions in terms of whether they're going to be successful or not is the reserve price. Now, if the reserve price is above the market feedback levels or where the buyers have seen value, it's almost an irrelevant figure. There is a huge issue at the moment in the marketplace with what the agents are able to generate for the vendors versus what the vendors actually want. Now, there's no point in my wife and I wanting $2 million for our house if it's not achievable, right? I mean, I might as well save everyone the hassle rather than trying to achieve the miracle. I think sellers that list their home to suss out the market are doing themselves more harm than good. If you're priced right, you can sell in this market. You can afford to potentially lift your reserve in a in a hot or boom market because we've got surplus bidders, but not in this one. So going back to reserve setting, with a blown out reserve, vendors have got to be careful because they're essentially wanting their buyers to overpay. And that's just not going to happen in a buyer's market. If we had the luxury of multiple bidders, then we can potentially see the property be driven up with competitive bidding. But with only one to two bidders, Craig, which is probably the average at the moment, the buyers are going to only give you so many chances before they realise there is no logical reason to keep driving the price up. So I think agents are able to get a buyer if they're able to get a buyer to either A, commit to the price they said they would on auction day, or B, bid above that level on auction day, then we need to really explain to the sellers that a market price or a premium market price has been achieved to really instill positivity into the vendor's mind, rather than focusing on the number that's less than the vendor's reserve, because that will put a negative angle on the situation. If we're getting as a bare minimum, fair market price for the vendor, my advice, take it and run before you're entertaining offers far less and with conditions. 
And perhaps if we reverse out the mindset and the thinking from a vendor to a sales agent, should agents in this moment of time, today being May the 25th, still be confident in staging an auction for their clients over a private sale? Well, firstly, a really good observation that I found over the last weekend was that Melbourne recorded 1,144 private sales while 1,165 auctions were scheduled. Now, that's a really good stat, Craig, to show that auctions are still the most preferred method of sale in this market. There's still confidence behind it. Over my career, now, I also may be biased, but I'm also yet to see how a private sale can out-benefit an auction. When the market is hot, auctions make sense. When the market is flat, auctions make more sense. And the reason they make more sense, Craig, is because you're still able to generate organic competition over artificial competition, even if there are less bidders. Buyers in this market, they will see through the agent's bull dust potentially. So if in a private sale, a flatter market will mean more low ball offers, conditions attached, and no urgency for the buyer. It also means days on market can potentially blow out. I think we would all agree that vendors want to sell in the quickest time and for the highest sale price possible. Auctions are still going to unlock that opportunity. And it doesn't mean you're obliged to run it to the final day. You can sell before, at, or after the auction. So in hindsight, Craig, it gives the vendor three chances to sell as opposed to one. Now, provided the vendors are happy to accept fair market value as a bare minimum in this marketplace, then the auction is a no-brainer. And also one last point, Craig, if agents are not confident in auctions because they feel their market will be spooked by its unconditional nature, then get approval from your vendor that the buyers are able to bid under conditions if that's what it means to unlock a premium price. Well, once again, Fabian, there's plenty of good takeaway points, not only for the vendor considering selling, but also for the agent who may be just doing that balancing act, which way to go, private sale or an auction. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Look forward to speaking in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Craig. Looking forward to it. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.